It was 44 years ago this month that the Lord revealed himself to me and called me to follow him. And it was just a couple, three months perhaps after that, that on a Sunday afternoon, Lynn and I had the privilege of being baptized together along with other folk from that congregation. That was the first time that my parents had been to church with me. And so as I was being baptized, I... I was praying specifically for them, that as they heard the testimonies that were shared, as they saw their 17-year-old son being baptized in the name of Jesus, that they might come to know Christ themselves. That's what I was praying. Do you remember when you were baptized? Some of you, perhaps it was when you were an infant, a child. You may not have memories of that. Many of you probably as teenagers or adults. Do you remember, though, what you were praying for? Or if you were praying? Maybe you were nervous that you were about to be drowned by some pastor that was overzealous. But do you remember, do any of you remember if you were praying as you were being baptized, do you remember what you were praying about? Just in a word or two, call it out. For salvation. salvation. Baptism, of course, is a sign of Dying with Christ and being raised back to life, being cleansed from our sins. Anybody else forget or remember? Most of you have forgotten. <laughs> Any of you remember what you were praying about? A new start. A new start? Susan? It just felt like this was the right thing to do. Four years and old. Yeah. The Lord revealed Himself to Susan when she was four years old. Well, as we are working our way through the Gospel of Luke, we come today to the baptism of Jesus. If you'll join me in Luke chapter three, we'll read the short account of that baptism mind as he was being baptized what was he praying as he was going under the water I would suggest that most likely on Jesus's lips there was a prayer of submission to his father's will I was praying that my parents would be saved You might have been praying, thank you, Lord Jesus, for setting me free from my sin. I suspect Jesus was saying, not my will, but your will be done. I submit it all to you. This baptism of his was the gateway to the cross three years later. Jesus was submitting to being a human being which Paul describes saying, being in very nature God, 
Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I suspect something like that was on the lips of Jesus as he was being baptized. A prayer of submission. What does a prayer of submission sound like to you? Perhaps it means seeking God's will over your own. Not my will, but your will be done. What do you want me to do, Lord? I'm reporting every morning. I'm reporting for duty. What's on the agenda for today, God? I'm ready. Perhaps it means allowing others to mentor or disciple or teach or correct or to guide us. It's hard to admit that somebody else may know something that we don't, right? Because we're all know-it-alls. Can I get a show of hands, right? (laughs) So a prayer of submission says, Lord, teach me, mentor me, correct me, guide me. It means perhaps laying aside our need to be in charge. Control freaks will be having a support meeting right after church. I'm not in charge, Lord. You are. And I suspect that these were the kinds of things Jesus was praying as he was being baptized. These are the kind of prayers we ought to give ourselves to more and more often as we go through life, right? So if Jesus' baptism was the centerpiece of his graduation day... If he was praying this prayer of submission to his heavenly father, then how do you suppose his heavenly father replied to that prayer? His father's response to his prayer of submission was a 13-word commencement speech. Don't you wish the commencement speaker at your high school or college graduation had kept it to 13 words? The father said, you are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Repeat those words with me. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. What had begun to be clear to Jesus at age 12. You remember this dawning in the temple there? Mom, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? So what had begun? Whom I love. And with you I am well pleased. What did it mean, do you suppose, for Jesus to hear his heavenly father say, You are my son. You are the son of God. 
At age 30, I suspect that this was the father's way of saying, well done, good and faithful son. You have been faithful over a few things. I will now set you over much. I think Jesus heard that kind of a message there. He spent 30 years identifying with the human race. Well done, good and faithful son. Perhaps revealed by the fact that Luke includes this genealogy immediately on the heels of the baptism. A genealogy which, by the way, differs from Matthew's in several regards. Matthew's, for instance, begins with Abraham and then it's father of, father of, father of, father of. Luke starts with Jesus, the son of as it was thought, Joseph, and then the son of, son of, son of, son of, throughout the rest of that genealogy. Luke's goes all the way back to Adam, not just to Abraham. I think Jesus hears in that that he is the son of God, but he's also the son of every generation that went before him. Jesus is the second Adam who unlike all of those other fathers and sons in between, will be obedient to his heavenly father. Unlike all of the other generations, Jesus will be able to follow his father's will where every other generation failed. Perhaps there's uh, something else to this son of God phrase. In the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, it's said that the peacemakers are blessed and they will be called the sons of God. Peacemakers, those who bring together the, the warring factions, those who heal the splits and, and, and splinters between people, they will be called sons of God, a particularly Hebrew way of saying they will be doing the kind of thing that God does. If you're the son of man, it's because you look like and act like a human being. If you're the son of God, then you act like and you look like God. And peacemakers in particular are people who resemble the kind of work that God does. And through Jesus would come perfect peace, the shalom of God for the entire human race. That's what it means to be a son of God. For Jesus to hear his father say, you are my son, I love you, I am well pleased you with, with you, would have firmly established Jesus' identity. And if you've been around here at all, you've heard me talk about how important identity is. Who is Jesus? He's the Son of God. He may be human, but he's the Son of God. And that identity would have been immediately tested in the wilderness, the story that comes next in Luke's Gospel. Two of the three times that the the deceiver tempted Jesus, it began by saying, if you are the Son of God. And I can hear Jesus chuckling, say, not if. <laughs> I am the Son of God. That's who I am. 
To know who we are is so critically important. I used to think that I was a good father and a good pastor and a good son and a good husband. But that's not really who I am. You've heard this before. I I can tell you who I am. I'm a sinner. Saved by grace. Loved by my heavenly father. If we don't know who we are, then any old temptation that comes along is going to appeal to that false self, that false identity that's going to drag us off into the woods and beat us to death. If we don't know who we are, then we cannot possibly hope to be pleasing to our Heavenly Father. And so Jesus knew exactly who he was because he had heard his father say, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This 13-word commencement speech was a powerful answer to Jesus' prayer of submission, wasn't it? It was a conversation, a prayer of affirmation that launched or propelled Jesus into a three-year career that would redeem the entire human race. William Barclay comments on this saying, it was in the consciousness of his sonship that he entered upon his ministry and set out on his task. What a great commencement address. What a great affirming speech. You are my son. You are my daughter. Whom I, say it with me, love. With you, I am well pleased. You know, God is not very original. He, as it turns out, has given many commencement addresses to prophets and Messiah figures throughout the Bible. And virtually every one of those commencement exercise addresses is just a paraphrase of the one that he gave to Jesus at his graduation ceremony. Think back to Adam. You are going to rule and fill and subdue the world. Sounds an awful lot like, I love you, I've made you in my image, now reflect my glory. Virtually the same thing God says to Noah at the beginning, after the flood is over and the ark has landed and the animals have been let off, he says the same thing he said to Adam and Eve. What did he say to Abraham at his graduation? I'm going to make you a mighty nation more numerous than the stars of the sky and the sand on the, 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 the shore. You are going to be blessed in order to be a blessing to the nations. What does he say to Moses? Go back to Egypt and lead my people out of slavery. All of those sound an awful lot like the speech he gives to Jesus after his baptism. I think back to Isaiah in his commencement address. Isaiah writes, Then I heard the voice of God saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here I am! Send me, I'm ready. Because you have called me and you have poured out your grace on me. 
God continues to speak those words, whom shall I send? Right down to this very morning, God is saying, whom shall I send? I'm going to send somebody that is my son or my daughter. I'm going to send somebody that I love and with whom I am pleased. Who am I going to send? Isaiah said, here I am. Jesus said, here I am. Are we saying, here I am? I would suggest that we we ought to do that. We ought to say, here I am, Lord, send me. I said, I would suggest (laughs) and when we submit ourselves today to be God's ambassadors throughout the course of this day and this week, when we submit ourselves to be taught and guided and molded and shaped by the Holy Spirit today and all throughout this week, When we say, Lord, not my will, but your will this afternoon and tomorrow morning. When we say that, how do you suppose God responds to us? How does God respond to that prayer of submission? I I suspect it sounds an awful lot like, you are my son. You are my daughter. And I love you. And I am so pleased with you. And I don't know about you, but if I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I am the beloved daughter or son of God, then I have everything I need to propel my life into ministry this week, don't I? Don't we? God is for you. God is with you. God is in you. And he loves you. And he is going to be so pleased when you come back next Sunday with a report of what he has done in and through you this week. Are you ready? It's time for some commencement prayers. Could I have Brian and Deb and Melanie? Is Deb off someplace that I don't know about? Oh, she wasn't. Okay. Did I miss her completely? Was she not playing piano? Oh, she is. Okay. Well, Brian, come on up with Melanie then. And yeah, bring the kids too. The Deneen family is spending their, at least Melanie, is spending her last Sunday with us. They've been here for how many years? 20 years. And we're about to propel them into ministry at another church in another community. 
Brian, can you just kind of give us a brief update and Melanie add your two cents? What's the next few weeks and months hold for the Deneen family? Is the green light on? Is that channel on? Okay, try it now. Test, test? Yeah, okay, there we go. Um, uh, yeah, so we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Uh, uh, New York, upstate New York, uh, near Rochester. Um, probably attending Doug Milne's church. So, um, moving out there because uh, our, our daughter moved out there. Uh, met some guy, had a baby, and <laughs> I'm retiring soon. We're all just kind of like morphing over there, to morphing back together, and so. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, we love this church a lot, and miss, we'll miss here too. Um, so, Melanie, what are you and Sean up to? Uh, I know you're part of this, but. Um, well, Sean just got a job out there working at Kodak, um, so he's already out there, so um, we'll be living with Deb and Brian, and he'll be working out there and going to the same church. So, Good, good. In an age when so many families are splintered all over the continent, it's nice to know a family that's able at this stage of their lives to be together. And I want to pray for you, but I also want to pray for each and every one of us. So let's bow our heads together. Lord, in a very uh, bittersweet way, we're launching, we're propelling the Deneen family into ministry in the Rochester, New York area. Lord, we are absolutely convinced that the faith that they have, the faith that they share, will be expressed not only in ministry in a local church, and we pray for Doug's church that they'd be ready to, to receive the Deneen family. But Lord, we're also convinced that the Deneen family will be witnesses in their neighborhoods and their places of work as well. And Lord, I, I love having heard their testimonies. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they love you with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord, I pray that they in particular would hear you say, you are my son, you are my daughter. I love you and I'm pleased with you. And Lord, I pray that that would shape their identity so that they would not be bashful, they would not be fearful, they would be bold and they would be courageous in their love and their servanthood. Build the kingdom through the Deneen family. And Lord, we... Pray for the rest of us too. We hear you speaking to us this morning. Who will go? And Lord, we answer, send me. Thank you for your love. Thank you for shaping us into your family resemblances, sons and daughters of God, with our older brother Jesus leading the way. Lord, we are going to leave this place in a little bit and head back into a world that is so desperately in need of the love of God. And Lord, we pray that you would show us specific ways to be the embodiment of Christ, the, the love of God. 
And everything that we say and everything that we do and everything that we think, Father, we want to be your people, sinners, saved by grace, loved by our Heavenly Father. Protect us from the temptations that will try to derail us, to get us off track. Help us to remember who we are and to follow your voice. Lord, we are going to be your people this week and bring you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. In Christ's name we pray and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.